No, I'm really excited about what God's doing. And, uh, you know, we're thinking about joy and peace this morning. So we got to start off with a little joy, right? But um, some more joy, some more peace, right, that we got to participate in. So many of you uh, were a part of uh, maybe a month and a half, two months ago, we sent some handwritten cards and gift cards to every teacher and staff member at Rampello Downtown Partnership School, which is just down the street, and uh, that was well received. And so many of you gave to that, participated in writing cards, and it was amazing. And we shared the note from the principal. Well, we talked about last week, another opportunity came our way to give them a Christmas card, invite them to our Christmas Eve gatherings, and Uh, Also, just give them a bag of the new Lab Initiative coffee that's Buddy Brew and V3 collaborated, and a portion of every bag sold goes to uh, end human trafficking in our city, to fight human trafficking right here. And so we sent 90 bags of coffee, uh, thanks to your generosity, and Christmas cards along with that to every teacher and staff member at Rampello this past week. And it is amazing uh, the generosity that you have shown. And so every time there's an opportunity, uh, Redeemer, you are stepping up and meeting that need. And uh, to see and bring joy, and not just any joy, but a joy and a peace that comes from above. Right? We've been thinking God with us. That's Emmanuel. And to do that in tangible ways and to, you know, we think about this often, that God works in mysterious ways, that he works in strange ways. And so maybe you brought some life and hope and beauty uh, into Christmas for some teachers. So incredible, incredible. So thank you for being a part of that. And then many of you are also giving and helping us end the year strong uh, to uh, plow through this pandemic. And so you guys have been so faithful. And so if you've been giving and making year-end gifts and and all those things. Uh, Thank you, and we love you, and we couldn't do what we do without you. And in fact, you are what we do. Amen? Church isn't a place. It's not the lights. It's not the cameras. It's not any of that. It's the people of God gathered together under the name and lordship of Jesus Christ. And we worship him today. And we look at what he had to say, not what Mitch has to say, and we're all excited about that. Amen. amen. Well, that was a little strong, brother. It was a little strong if you're online. They've got a big amen on that. <laughs> no, that's not even as loud as it should be, because we know that. You know, it's what we sang, right? It's the song we sang, King of Kings. Think about that. We, we oftentimes in the Christmas season, we'll sing stuff like that or we'll, we'll sing good tidings of great joy. But I wonder sometimes, are we experiencing great joy? Those of you who at home today, are you experiencing great joy? Glad tidings. Because what does that mean? Good news. God is with us. And if you're a follower of Jesus, we sing it, we're moved maybe emotionally by it, but what I want to know is, what if this, this week, like, like when you walk out of here, what if we begin to believe that? I know you believe that, but what if you actually believe that? You know, you've seen the movies, there's believers and unbelievers. 
maybe in the wrong object, but there's a difference, right? Christmas spirit goes up when we believe is the assertion. Isaiah would write as he prayed to God about the message he was bringing to God's people. He said, oh, God, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Was Isaiah denying that God is omnipresent? Of course not. What was he saying? Manifest your glory. Let us see your glory. Let us participate in it. And if God is really with us, if the church of Christ as we sang was truly born, and the Spirit of God lit a flame called the Holy Spirit in the church, what does that change for the Christian? What does that change for you tomorrow when you walk out of here on Thursday, on Friday, for the rest of your life? What does it change? It ought to change everything. I think about Paul, the apostle, (laughs) when he, in 62 AD, wrote these words to a church that he loved. He said, for me to live is Christ. I'm on mission. It's Christ if I live. But you know what? For me to die is gain. I win. I win either way. I think of Stephen in Acts chapter 7 calling to the Lord that he would receive my spirit into your hands as he's literally being stoned to death by the guy who just wrote the last verse. Think about that. Think about the power of God that when God moves in power. I think about the 5th century during the Byzantine Empire. You're welcome, those of you who are history nerds. I I preach to you every now and then. But it's believed that John Chrysostom, as the Archbishop of Constantinople, was facing persecution of various kinds at the hands of the Emperor and Empress Theodosius II, and I don't know how to say her name, Eudoxia. But as he was facing that threat, very real threat, people were giving their lives for Christ. People aren't sure whether he preached this in a sermon or whether this was an actual conversation. But either way, listen to the words that he said as he was facing potential banishment, exile, or even death. He said, you cannot banish me, for this world is not my home. But I will kill you, the empress said. No, you cannot For my life is hid with Christ in God. I'll take away your treasures. No, you cannot, for my treasure is in heaven and my heart is there. But I will drive you away from your friends and you have no one left. No, you can't, for I have a friend in heaven for whom you cannot separate me. I defy you, for there is nothing you can do to harm me. This is the question, right? Like, Where does the confidence, the peace that passes understanding that Paul and Stephen and Chrysostom and countless thousands, perhaps millions of Christians throughout the years and even on our own soil in the 21st century come from? Real world, real people, real executions, real persecutions, centuries of it, confident unto death. And if we're honest, and I'm going to lump myself in this category, I, I, I don't like not even being liked. 
Like, I struggle if you don't like me. But isn't there something about the persecution of God's people that purifies our motives, that purifies our intentions, that purifies where we're really at? Because I believe it seems to us like such an outlandish or otherworldly thing to have that kind of confidence that they had when I go to work or when you go to work or when you are hanging out with your friends at Armature Works or when you are doing whatever it is that you are finding yourself doing because we have believed a lie that the devil has successfully been telling humanity for thousands and thousands of years whether it be in a science class or a history class or wherever it is, maybe just in your own heart and mind. We've been lulled into believing a lie that within you, listen to me, that within you is all that you need to find joy and peace in this life. We've been lulled into believing that lie. And it's not just the world. Many in the church have been lulled into believing a lie that inside of you is all that you need to find satisfaction. But the truth of the gospel, the good news for you and I, is that that is not true. That that is not True, because all that we need to be happy to find joy and peace is not found from within, but from without. That we actually needed, and the actual difference that Christianity makes in your life is that when you were in that predicament, God looked down and did not leave you in that predicament, but stepped out of the splendors of heaven And came to us, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And it actually changes everything. Listen, let's go back to Isaiah here. Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet and he was bringing literally God's word to God's people, which was Israel at that time. And he presents this invitation in astonishing fashion. Look at Isaiah 55, 1. It says this, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, Ephesians tells us, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. You have no money. You're hungry, you're thirsty, you're unsatisfied, but you have no money. Come, buy and eat. Come by wine and milk without money and without price. <laughs> Let's just put ourselves there. Does, does anything in this life leave you unsatisfied? I mean, like most of us could be like, yeah, yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, right? I had trouble yesterday in my life. And that's just in how we feel and experience a weekend let alone if we were to listen to the words of Christ, right? When he said, in this world, you will have trouble. He probably meant more than like whether you wanted to go have fun or do work or any of that. Not that I'm speaking from experience at all. But what did Jesus say? But take heart because I have overcome the world. Not that you will overcome the world, but that he has overcome the world and has 
come to you, God with us. Come, freely indulge and eat. But Isaiah points out an equally astonishing an equally astonishing problem. Maybe more astonishing than the fact that God's made that offer to the world, to us. But verse 2, the beginning part of verse 2, shows us an equally astonishing problem. Look at it. It says, So why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor... For that which does not satisfy. Think about that. Think about that. Though the invitation in verse 1 is free and incredible. The God of the universe. Looks you in the eye and says come and buy and eat freely. With no money. And without price, you can have all of me for free. Jesus Christ would hang on the cross with his arms out and declare that it is finished. And three days later, he would rise from the dead, defeating death so that you could have life. And yet, On the daily, on the daily, we will quickly and easily look to the lesser things of this world to satisfy the longings of our soul. We'll look to Christmas and the season and the things to satisfy the longings of our our heart that only God can satisfy. Isaiah is being very honest with the people because even back then, just like today, the human delusion that we can amass and accomplish our own satisfaction through the accumulation of wealth, fame, and power has destroyed countless lives and is currently actively destroying lives all around us and maybe in us, potentially. Let me ask you just briefly this morning. Do you find yourself today, even if you're online watching, do you find yourself today in the middle of a global pandemic and a country at odds with itself facing any number of difficulties that arise from racism, classism, sexism, and all the other isms? Listen to me. Do you find yourself looking to the loudest voices out there Or do you find yourself experiencing those glad tidings of great joy because God broke into time and space to be with you and me and us? How does God with us affect you in the middle of this kind of life and this kind of time? Let's look. Because Isaiah is going to give us a straight and clear path directly to the joy and peace and satisfaction that we want. He invites us. He points out our astonishing idolatry and love and pleasure for ourselves. 
to lead us to what we ought to do about it. Look at the second part of verse 2. He says, listen diligently to me. I can imagine Isaiah getting down on one knee and looking us in the eye through the pen and the pages of Scripture and saying, listen, listen diligently to me, right? How many of you know there's a difference between listening and hearing? (laughs) I hear something, but are you listening? Christian, non-Christian, listen diligently to the words of Scripture. Here's what he says. He says, listen to me and eat what is good. We know that, right? But, but are we listening? Listen to me. Eat what is good. Eat what is good. Incline and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. Does that sound like good news to anybody this Christmas season? Come, come to me so that your soul may live. Not that you might have more things. Not that you might have any of those things that you want, but that inside of you, that your soul might come alive and live. We're talking about different satisfaction here. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David, which by the way, David did not earn. David was just as, probably more, messed up than we are. True? True. The point was not that David loved God, but that God loved David, and David could then become a man after God's own heart because the Spirit of God living through him. And so what's this clear path, right? So we had this incredible invitation, this astonishing idolatry, and then a clear path is very simple. Listen and eat what is good. <laughs> Maybe Christmas, COVID Christmas 2020, we need to take a time out and just pause. And what better, what better way than gathered as the people of God than to just pause and consider... Where and who and how we're looking for satisfaction at the deepest levels of our soul. Because God, through Isaiah, is making it crystal clear. Crystal clear. To the people of Israel and to us, that what they see around them in the world will not deliver on the promise that it's making. And listen, you, like, you're going to nod and you're going to agree with that. But you want to know where I struggle? <laughs> like on Friday when I don't want to do something. Like on Saturday when I'm grumpy. Any dads get grumpy on Saturday? Come on. Never fails. Right? Like, does God make a difference? Where are we, you know, when, when you go to the mall this week... And you strap your mask to your face. And you run around like all the other chickens. Does God make a difference? He does. He does. For some of us, it's 
that we can repent when it's all over with and God hasn't moved. For others, it's in the moment. Only, listen to me, only a relationship, a covenant relationship with the God of the universe given freely, come, buy, and eat, will deliver the joy and peace you seek to let your soul live. So what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Let's keep reading. Look at verse 6. What's the path to that kind of peace? Verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. What's the implication there? That there's a expiration date on Seeking the Lord. Call upon him while he is near. Well, as I'm seeking and calling, what do I do? Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Not just a little bit, a lot of it. Not just a little pardon, all the pardon. He will abundantly pardoned. Because see, one of the level, the lies the devil tells you is that you're not good enough to be in the family of God. Well, you're not. And neither am I. We aren't good enough. But God is. Jesus was on your behalf. How can I believe that to be true? Look at that next verse. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. You see, guys, grace isn't fair. You and I are going to think that there's some people in this world that don't deserve grace. But that's not the way God works. His ways are not our ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. What do we do this Christmas season? We look up. We look up. We fix our eyes on Jesus Because his ways are higher than our ways. And he's extended an invitation to you to come and buy and eat freely of the things of God. The question is, will you? God has moved on your behalf. And he's offered you the satisfaction. He's offered you joy and peace. Will you experience it? Will you submit to it? Because what's the fruit of that relationship with Jesus? What's the fruit of doing what we talked about with baptism? That as God breaks into your life, as the Holy Spirit breaks into your life, and you confess that Jesus is Lord, and you believe that he rose from the dead, and you go public with that faith, what is the fruit of that covenant relationship with God? Look at verse 10. For as surely as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Listen, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that for which I purpose. And shall succeed in the thing which I sent it. John chapter 1 tells us that the word that came out from God was in fact a person. Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. 
God with us is the word gone out from the mouth of God to accomplish all that God intended for it to accomplish. You sit here redeemed and restored to the relationship you have with the Father because the word went out from the mouth of God and succeeded in it. So what's the fruit of that taking place? Look at the next verse. For you, somebody lift up your voice and say, me. Now lift up your voice and say, us. It's not just about me. Amen? It says, for you shall go out in joy. You are going to walk out of this place in joy because of the Father sending the Son. But look at this. And be led forth in peace. So if I get to go out in joy... I then get to be led forth in peace. What does that mean? The New Testament tells us, we don't have time to flip there, but the New Testament tells us that Jesus Christ is himself our peace. So what does fixing my eyes on Jesus actually do? What does looking to Jesus actually do? It actually means that God with you, God coming to you, God living through you, is to go out with joy because I have Jesus and to be led forth in peace because peace is Jesus Christ himself. Jesus is, he himself, the New Testament says, is our peace. What's the fruit of a relationship with the Lord? That I can go out in joy and be led forth in peace. How does God with us, Emmanuel, actually make a difference for you right now and tomorrow? Whether you're sick or whether you're happy or whether you're down, or whether you're sinning, or whether you're whatever you're doing, you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And if you won't, look at the next part. For the mountains and the hills before you will break out into singing, will go forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Jesus would say something similar, right? If you won't praise me, these rocks will praise me. Instead of the thorn, that's what we deserve. Instead of the thorn, shall come up the cypress, beauty. Instead of thorns, beauty. Instead of the briar, shall come the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. You and I, right now, are the fruit of that conversation. When Isaiah said that to God's people, they could have never imagined that you and I would be sitting here thousands of years later going out in joy and being led forth in peace because of the goodness of our God. Emmanuel, God with us, makes a difference in your life. And if it's not, Can I just encourage you, whether you're in the room or online, to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it makes a difference. God with us brings joy and it brings peace. And so the band's going to come up and we're going to sing again. But the difference is that now you know why we sing, right? The, the overflow of a heart, a soul, 
filled with the Spirit of God is that we cannot help but worship. And the best way we know how to worship is to sing. Amen? So why don't you stand with me and let's put that into practice. The fact that no matter what's going on in your life right now, in this moment, you can praise God. You can have joy in your life. And you can, when you walk out of this place, be led forth in peace. Because Jesus is a part of your life. And Jesus himself is your peace.